Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. I am here with James, who has kindly agreed to chat about his experiences on the Mandarin Blueprint method. But before we get into anything specific to how you're learning Chinese with us, I'm always curious, why did you want to learn Chinese in the first place? And, you know, maybe just give a little self-introduction uh, of your journey up until the de decision to start with uh, Mandarin Blueprint. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so... I, um, I'm, my name is James. I, I live in Melbourne, Australia, and um, I actually work a job from home so I can live wherever I want. And a few years ago, I decided to move to Malaysia and I lived there for about two years, sort of on and off. And while living in Malaysia, it was the first time I'd ever experienced really living in a place with that many languages just constantly being thrown around. You know, people speak Hindi and Bahasa Malayu and, you know, Hokkien and Cantonese, Mandarin, all sorts of languages. And, um, while I was there, I started learning to speak Malay because other than English, it's probably the most common spoken language. Um, and then maybe Mandarin and, and more languages after that. So I was learning to speak Malay, which is a really good introductory language because it's written in English writing. It's all written very phonetically. So there's mm -hmm. no like, you know, they don't have any sounds that we don't have. It's, it's very like, it, it's quite easy. Um, but then when I got back to Australia and I was so, I was so into speaking Malay and so interested in learning about language, but, um, no one speaks it. It's very, mm -hmm. it's not, um, it's not something people really carry on. Like when I'd meet Malaysian people here, unless they were like Muslim Malay in, even then they, they wouldn't even always speak it. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I decided I wanted to, when I went back, I decided I wanted to learn something that was going to be more commonly spoken, more useful, something that I could speak like wherever I was. So I decided to start, um, yeah, studying to speak Mandarin. And then, yeah, so at first I actually got a tutor. I, f I figured, you know, I'll look someone up in Malaysia because it's quite cheap for lessons over there. And I had someone come to my house. Um, the first thing they did was they brought a bunch of literature for children, you know, because, you know, I'm basically a child when it comes to Mandarin. Uh, so I had a big pinion poster on my wall. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I found it really difficult because the thing I like about your course, well, one of, the, one of the things that I really love about it is that I knew exactly what I was aiming for within the first section. You explained the whole thing. So there was no mm -hmm. blind learning. And with the lessons I was doing, I said, what is pinion? And she said, oh, you have to learn this. And I said, well, is it an alphabet? She said, no. And I go, so what, like, what is it exactly? <laughs> she goes, you got to learn this. This is something you need to learn. Yeah. And I was like, okay, which is, which I guess is fine, but like, there's no motivation there. I've got no goal. Yeah. I'm just like sitting in a room blindly learning with a stranger, having no idea what it is that I'm learning. Yeah. Um, and she couldn't really explain it. And, and then the same with, you know, sure. You know, the moment, I can't remember if it was you or Not uh, sorry, you or, or your partner who, who said like, it's like Sean Connery. Sure. Like Sean Connery. Sure. I was like, oh, okay. Now I know this. Yeah. Whereas when yeah. I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting with her, she's going, sure. And I'm going, sure. And she, no, sure. And I'm sure. And she's not saying anything else. She just keeps repeating. And it, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes with, yeah. with teaching and I've taught I've taught in my, my area of expertise as well before. And it's sometimes you, you have to realize that just because you know, something doesn't mean you know how to teach it and communicate it. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, when, yeah. Finding your course, I, I probably, honestly, I probably would not have continued pursuing it if I didn't find your course or at least someone who could teach in such a creative way because the motivation would just be so difficult. Anyway, so that's where it got me here. That was probably, I think I started your course about a year and year and a half ago after that. And yeah, here nice. I am. Now. Nice, nice. Awesome. Yeah, I remember there was this guy named John Swana, great jazz trumpet player in the Philadelphia area, if anybody's in mm. Philadelphia. <laughs> but uh, the um, he he was 
a friend of my middle school band director. So, you know, he was also a trumpet player. And I remember he, because they were friends, my middle, middle school band director invited John Swanner to come and just sort of give a little masterclass. And he actually like said quite openly, he was like, you know, Dave, our band director, he's a much better teacher than I am, you know, cause John mm. Swan is a performer. He's like really, you know, he plays all the time around, uh, uh, Philadelphia and he does actually teach at University of the Arts but I just remember at the time him being like I learned very quickly that just because I know how to play definitely doesn't mean I can explain the concepts very well and you know my middle school band director was great he always knew how to break everything down it definitely is a separate skill and it's mm. unfortunate sometimes when Chinese teachers they just you know it's like it what it comes down to to some degree I think is the Chinese education system, uh, which is, you know, uh, for all its faults, I mean, it gets a lot of criticism and perhaps deservedly so. However, it does have the uh, good effect of creating a lot of very, um, like they do get the knowledge in there, a lot of knowledge, <laughs> a lot of Chinese people they're, when they're 18 and they've gotten out of their high school and they're go heading into university, they have a lot of knowledge in their head, but they isn't necessarily mm. taught how they, how that knowledge was derived in the first place. So it's kind of like, mm you know, you have a lot of knowledgeable people who don't really know how to get there for themselves, if that makes sense. And so they've yeah. had all that time of just being kind of forced to just repeat and wrote, learn various things. And so when they mm -hmm. become teachers, they're like, well, here's how to teach, I guess. You just tell somebody to repeat yeah. it over and over and suffer, suffer, suffer. And I mean, there's mm -hmm. always a level of, of uh, maybe suffering is too strong a word. There's always a level of like, you know, you have to push your mind you have to don't you have to like get move your brain a bit whenever you're learning anything but uh you want to understand the underpinnings of how learning works you know if you if you get okay what do i already know what can i attach to it so that i can learn this new fact then learning at least has this element of fun to it and sort of searching a little bit and that's what we tried to do with mandarin blueprint as much as possible so yeah that's awesome so you're trying to learn Chinese now because you were inspired with your time in Malaysia and you want to learn a language that's a bit more useful. So do you have any thoughts about, you know, you're successful with Chinese, you uh, can read and write and communicate effectively. What might you want to do with that uh, if you have that skill? Um, well, there's two areas of passion for me that <laughs> they're, they're not really, not, not necessarily like career based or anything, but so I make hip hop music. So I'm, I'm oh, a nice. rapper. I've been, I've been rapping for like 20 years. It's, it's my main passion in life. And um, I would love to explore another language and wordplay and hip hop and, and that kind of thing. So I'd really love to sort of see the cross pollination between languages um, when it comes to hip hop culture, which obviously is like such a widespread culture around the world. Sure. Um, and I mean, another thing would be food. Like, you know, I think if I was going to use it on a completely superficial level, I'd probably go into Chinatown more in Melbourne. I'd mm -hmm. make more friends with the Chinese community and really get amongst the culture and the food and um, just just learn more about it. Uh, I think in the next two years, like with COVID, once it sort of, you know, dies down a bit more or whatever, but um, I'd probably I'll probably move to, to China at least for, I don't know, six months. I don't know what the visas are like sure. over there, but I'd like to sort of get in a bit more. But yeah, it's, it's funny with, with what you were saying before is like, why am I learning? Like in the sense of why am I learning Mandarin? It's very much like I'm, I'm really curious and I like, I like mental games and I like working on things like that just for my own development. It's just, it's fun for me. Mm -hmm. So when thinking about teaching methods, when someone was taught, say if they grew up in China and they're taught and then they go to teach someone like me, 
it's like they it's like it's so important to take into account the fact that i can walk away from this and it won't affect my life at all whereas when you're learning as a child in china obviously you can't walk away from learning chinese you're living in the country everyone speaks it so like right. the the method of motivation it almost doesn't have to be there because you're born into it you have to right. learn it no one's going to be like i don't feel like learning this so yeah yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's interesting about the hip hop thing. Chengdu definitely has a bit of a hip hop scene. I've listened to uh, some Chinese hip hop from time to time. Unfortunately, one of the songs was about <laughs> stupid foreigners. <laughs> it kind of like went went on. Uh, it was it was just because it happened like right after this guy here was. You know, there's this um, there's this word, a bit of a racy word, but it's a sex pat, which is somebody who oh, just okay. sort of yeah. like comes to China and they're you know um they don't they seem to just be kind of for, there for the bar scene the drinking scene which is like you know it's totally mm -hmm. fine uh, and all of that but it's sort of i can see how chinese people to some degree would look at that type of foreigner and be like come on you know, like what are you doing here you're just here to go to yeah. the bars uh, and that's kind of what that song was about but i'll always remember it because it had like a pretty slick beat to it uh and yeah, right. it just had the, but it had, the song ended up actually getting banned which i thought was funny because really? that was an interesting moment because i was like you know you have this sort of censorship based government and they're like stop being mean to foreigners we're going to censor being mean to foreigners which i thought was an interesting you know you you think of like nationalistic sentiment and you think oh yeah they're usually fine with not liking foreigners but they were like no no stop being mean to foreigners that's uh so i thought that was interesting um yeah right that is interesting actually with, if you with went to you'd have hip-hop yeah. and you'd have the best food in the country uh it's such so good here i mean obviously that's what, my opinion where you guys live you yeah live yeah we live in well i live in sichuan yeah luke has now moved to uh dali which is in uh Yunnan province which is just south of Sichuan and Yunnan maybe the food is still pretty good there but it's like mm. such a beautiful place like that's it's kind of got this southeast asian china mix of topography so it's a very uh nice place to live it's also a little bit less hectic and Luke has a little little baby boy one-year-old boy so he wants to just be in a little bit less of a hectic place but uh Chengdu's um food is incredible sichuan food yeah right you know, i guess in okay. the west it tends to be called sichuan whatever for some reason uh but yes yeah, sichuan is the uh region we're in and it's also great but um so anyway um just uh let's move on to the next question i had for you which was basically like so now you know you might want to I, I like for what it's worth i like the type of motivation that you have because your motivation is uh based more on like, you know, actual curiosity, interest in the language, which I find to be the most likely to continue long-term because while, while sort of external motivations might work, like say, I want to get this job, for example, mm -hmm. um, and I need to learn Chinese to get this job. That may work if you really love the job, but a lot of times if it's not directly related to the language, you don't have the motivation that just says, I want to know what's next. I want to know what the next character is. I want to know how to say this next thing. So I think that your motivation there will be pretty good. But, you know, when you got into the Mandarin Blueprint Method itself, did you start with the pronunciation course, I assume? Yeah. Yeah. I right, think right. That, yeah. So let's talk about that. What did you think of our pronunciation course and, and how did you find that it helped you, you know, as an introduction into Mandarin? I mean, it's kind of funny because I've been learning in an empty room, you know, none of my friends speak Chinese. And, um, but then when I went to, I went to my office cause I, cause I work remotely. I don't see anybody from my work and I went to my office and there's a woman there who's from China. And I said a few things to her and she was like, 
blown away. Like she was, nice. she was completely shocked and blown away with how good my pronunciation was. Um, and yeah. And I said, yeah, this course starts with a pronunciation course. So I, I feel like that was, um, that's sort of my, it's really like, I've only spoken to a few people, like a few Chinese people with using, you know, what I've sort of learned little things here and there. And, um, it seems to go really well. It's interesting with this course because when I tell people I've been studying for a year, they'll be like, oh, so you can speak Mandarin. And I'm like, no, I actually can't really speak much at all, but I can, you know, I can write a hundred characters or whatever. And I can, and, mm. and I think the, the thing I'm really enjoying is that I, I can't speak it in the way of like day to day quite yet, except for very little things, but I understand how the language works now. And when people say this is the hardest language or whatever, I feel like that's a huge part of it. It's just it seems really complex, but with mm -hmm. the, with the pronunciation and then also explaining and like moving from E, you know, and like fanning out the characters going from the simplest to the most complex. Yeah. So I, I think the, I think the pronunciation course is fantastic and, and anyone going into your course and not doing the pronunciation course, I think it's a huge mistake. I think it's, um, it seems yeah. like complex. Very that was a mistake that I made at the beginning. I didn't yeah, focus right. enough on pronunciation at the very beginning. I focused on characters, luckily. Luke and I made the opposite mistakes. Like, he didn't focus much <laughs> on characters at the beginning. And then, uh, like, when we met, it was like we – that's part of why the partnership worked because, like, I showed him some stuff that got his characters into order, and he showed me some stuff that helped my pronunciation. And, like, that – it was a good combo there. But, yeah, like, it is – you really should start with pronunciation because whatever language I learn next, uh, uh, which I haven't – decided on yet but uh whichever one i learn next that's definitely going to be the first period of time is just trying to make sure that i understand what the hardest pronunciations are now it's not always as easy as mandarin because mandarin only has about 420 unique syllables um mm. and you know there's tones but the tones don't change the way to pronounce the syllable they just yeah. you know, change the tone so um yeah. the that is actually a kind of manageable amount and then about half of those are really easy like la or something like that you know it's not hard yeah. to say so like yeah. it's fairly straightforward but whatever language you're learning the thing you should figure out is what are the weirdest sounds to make and the hardest yeah. ones to develop so that you start you know practicing it you know so i don't know if it, if you can't roll your r's and you're learning spanish you know all right start practicing figuring out how to do it or whatever you know yeah so um yeah so that that's that's uh, definitely the way to start but then what about how uh, first of all how far are you into the course like what level are you on what is it? I think I just got into level three. So I just, I'm, I'm just starting to do like the comprehensive sort of input of reading, but I'm like right at the beginning of that. I think I'm on like the first video of that. So um, oh, okay. I think so I'm yeah, at phase a, three, I'm a, level 13 or so. Yes. So like 105 characters. Yeah. Just when it crosses right. over that line. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that explains why you're not yet to the point where you feel like you can really output because it's not quite enough. It's not enough to output. You need, you need about like basically our foundation course, People ask this a lot. They're like, when can I expect to be able to start outputting? And you need at least enough that you can explain yourself. So like you're yeah. going to not know enough words at the end of the foundation course to like be super fluent, but you're going to know enough to be able to like work your way around to getting to the word. Like, you yeah. know, I don't know the word champion, but I know how to say my the don't see. So like stuff that you sell. So it's like yeah. champion means product. My dongshi means stuff you sell. Well, if I can say yeah. stuff you sell, then I can learn the word champion from there. Yeah. Um, and so, because I'll ask them, somebody, how do you, you know, my uh, is and that's like, how do you say stuff you sell? And the Chinese person can yeah. go, oh, that's champion, right? Yeah. So, anyway, so like that's the um, 
the I, the goal there. So at 105, it's a bit early for that. But I get if it's been a year, I suppose you're taking it at a relatively leisurely pace. You know, you're just kind of like yeah. a little bit each day. I do like a character or two a day and sort of, yeah, I'm starting to, because at first I was like, I'm only going to do a character a day. And then I, you know, it's kind of like, it's like, you've got a net, it's like fishing, you know, the characters are the fish and we're sort of sweeping through. And I think the expectation that you're going to catch every single fish perfectly is a mistake. And I think that's what I was trying to do. So I'm going to try to up my input a little bit and I'll miss a couple things, but I'll catch them later. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I've been taking it quite slow. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's a, that's another, that's another way that you can be sure that if you take it slow, I mean, obviously, you know, you won't get to the point of fluency in calendar years as fast, but you'll also not miss anything. You know what I mean? If you take it nice and slow, you're definitely not going to go too fast. And you know, that happens to people. Sometimes they'll rush through it and not really focus enough. But if you're only doing a character a day, you definitely get it. Like by the end of the day, you're like, okay, totally got that character. And then, uh, you know, uh, I think that there's sort of like a, um, and, and there's also this this habit building thing that's really important that I al- I'm always thinking about with almost anything that I do, which is that there is a cost to doing too much, which is that mm. you can overwhelm yourself and then not be able to maintain it. Whereas if yeah. you do like say, you know, a character or two, you find a sweet spot where you're definitely going to do it. Like there's no doubt you're going to do it. Then the habit is built. And then if any time in the future, if you want to, pick it up it's going to be easier because you're already having okay this one time a day i get to get I get in for the uh, characters and now i'm going to do five instead of one or whatever if, if at any point yeah. you want to or you just do one yeah. a day and then you know you do that takes three thousand days which is not you know it's like you'll still have a lot of your life left and you'll know <laughs> a ton of chinese so it's a uh, yeah it it doesn't really it doesn't really matter how quickly or slowly you go um it's all right interesting. So then, um, it's- yeah Oh, it's just been interesting in Melbourne because everything's written in Chinese here. And I never noticed that until starting to learn characters that pretty much all our signs have Mandarin characters. Like the Chinese community is massive here. So it's been really interesting and it's going to be fun watching the gap slowly close on what I understand. Like every time I see a sign, I kind of look at it and I'll go, oh, like, what do I know here? Like, what can I, what can I I sort of deduce from this? um, Yeah, these signs. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. That's pretty awesome in, in uh, Melbourne that it's like that. Luke mentioned that when he was in uh, Melbourne for um, a wedding and he said he got arrived mm. at the airport and he was like, everything was also in Mandarin. And he was like yeah. pretty shocked by that, which is, you know, but I think it's great. Um, mm. So, all right. So then how about, this is an interesting question that I always like to ask as you got used to the Henza movie method and, you know, sort of how we do this wacky kind of mnemonic visualization system. Um, mm. About how many characters in did you feel like you got it and you, you're like, okay, this works. I can, you know, learn a character by thinking of people in a place with stuff doing things. And like that, that sounds a very basic way of po- pointing out that that's how memory works. You want to have faces, mm. places, uh, s- like stuff and actions, movement. Mm. Uh, so how, yeah. how long did it take you before you were like, okay, this works for me? Um, maybe like, 30 characters or something I'm guessing like because I don't remember exactly but maybe like 30 30 characters or so I think once um the tones memorizing the tones in what rooms because at first I was sort of I was remembering it because like the front of the house is like the first tone and and then this and then I'd start having rooms where it's like the living room isn't the next room so it'd be like Mm -hmm. oh that's confusing but then you do so many it's almost like just once you start memorizing what rooms are what tones 
um, it started clicking. But honestly, even from the first tone, like I think it's a really, um, it's a really good method. Uh, it, it completely clicks in with, yeah, I mean, it was, I'd say 30, to, 30 tones because that's when I probably memorized the rooms, but I'd say it was probably earlier than that that it started working quite succinctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah and then then yeah I, I i we tell people that all the time we're like you know, technically you can just do whatever you want for each set you could just say first tones here second tones here but it just is a little bit easier if you have some general rules like you know first tones outside yeah. the entrance is a pretty good one because pretty much every place yeah. has an entrance so you can just be like, all right outside and then you know yeah. inside or the kitchen is second tone it just makes it a little bit easier but there's only 13 sets so like you could just you know write it down like you know here in this set it's uh you know the the basement is second tone because i feel like it you know you could do that as well but yeah uh yeah. although the basement should be fourth tone because it's falling yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um about how long does it take you to learn a character on average you know uh some characters are harder some characters are easier but like you're sitting down to start learning a character about how long between that moment and when you're like ready to move on so like a week or two that it like that it really sinks in like I can't oh sorry no I didn't mean it that way I didn't mean like I meant like you you come up with your scene and you go okay oh, it's like the scene oh, five minutes yeah, like yeah, sure. maybe 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 less I don't know I sit I mean you know I'm a I'm, I'm a rap, you know I, I write raps all day so like my my way of creative narrative is very like I don't I don't know how it would feel for someone who isn't a creative writer mm -hmm. um yeah. Right. And then a lot of the time, sometimes I might take off the, you know, the stories that you guys give, like if it links up with my props, I'll sort of go, oh, cool. This is easy. I can just listen to what they're saying. Um, but if, mm -hmm. if they don't have the same props, then I'll definitely make sure to sort of go to make my own scene. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes the things come in and come out. Sometimes I remember them more for the picture. Because um, mm -hmm. it's strange because it's not like the movie isn't always perfectly remembered in my head because there's so many movies in that one place. It starts to get very like really it gets more complicated with how many movies will be in one mm -hmm. area of the house sure. um but then sometimes so it'll be more these like little triggers it won't be that i'll remember like an entire movie i'll just remember like one thing like like thinking about more which is like you know the end that i just yeah. learned and it's like the tree chopping off and then i've got the doors up the top going this is the end and i more just remember the tree getting chopped off and this is the end and yeah. then like the fact that it's Matthew McConaughey sort of sinks away and I might remember that later. So it's, yeah. But yeah. I'd say like to, to write a movie scene, five minutes, maybe like probably less. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I have, I find that one thing that I think it's important that people understand you're going to get into this since you're in phase three and you're going to start using, uh, you know, seeing sentences and context and all of that. Uh, and that's going to start to make the process of learning a character go faster in the sense that, you know, you have Anki, you have words, right? But you also have uh, the context of sentences as you move forward. And then you also have the context of stories as you move even beyond that. And then what happens is that at some point you forget your movie because you, you've got the character down. You know, like your, yeah. your brain tends to only remember things it needs to. So like, mm. if you've got the character down, like, I don't know, you just, I just know that what duh is because the most yeah. common character I see it all the time maybe at one point I had a scene about it, uh, but I can't even really remember the scene, but who cares? Cause you've gotten beyond that point. So it's almost like, even though, yes, the, the room might get crowded with memories of different scenes. Eventually mm. it's okay that some of the earlier scenes just get erased. And so then it's yeah. less crowded. So it's kind of, yeah. you know, it's pretty nifty how that works in the long run. 
Um, totally. So I'm sure you'll see that more and more. You said you have gotten started to get into phase three a little bit. How is that going, seeing sentences and things like that? I mean, I'm really only, I think I'm like one video in, so I couldn't. Oh, okay. Say. Yeah, fair but, enough. Fair but enough. even, I mean, even with the sentences that you guys have already been giving, it's, it's been, it's been good. Yeah, I'm, I'm mm. curious to start to see the, the grammar sort of start to develop a bit more now. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'll really enjoy it. Um, mm. All right, cool. So uh, I, I had just some kind of more of a general question, which is sort of, because I, this is a bit more open-ended and since you're a creative guy, you might prefer this type of question, which is kind of like, if you could kind of cherry pick a few things that you've noticed about the course that you like or that you, or that you don't like, you know, that's fine too. Well, I was going to ask you that later as well, but like uh, mm -hmm. just things that you've found to be uh, useful or maybe surprising, or you didn't uh, expect to see, or that you at first didn't like, and then started to like anything like that. I've just kind of open-ended thoughts about the course. Um, I really like how engaging it is. I think it's very like, uh, when I explain it to my friends, I'm like, it's so comprehensive. You know, I was, um, I was talking to my housemate about this the other day that I'm like, dude, they've got like a podcast. They like answer questions on like, that's such a modern thing to have. And I think that's really brilliant. Um, I mean, also, I think the biggest value just because of my, like I said before, like my previous experience with a teacher is the overview of the entire course. The fact that I know what I'm aiming for Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like working towards that and just entering a course and not telling anyone that I think is really detrimental. Um, the pronunciation as well. It's honestly, there's not too much that I haven't already said. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I, I, yeah, I could totally gush about you guys. I, I seriously think you're onto something like incredibly special and, um, mm. anyone that ever says to me, Chinese is the hardest language. Because this is, it's interesting. People say, what are you up to lately? And one of the things I'll say, you know, I'm doing this, this, this. Oh, I'm learning how to speak Mandarin sort of slowly. Like it's something that I'm studying. And they'll go, oh, that's the hardest language. I can't believe mm -hmm. you're doing that. And they look at me like I'm some kind of like smart academic person, but I've always failed academically. Like I'm a classic yeah. creative writer. Like I, I did terrible in high school, did terrible in primary school, always found it hard to concentrate. Uh, and I probably wouldn't be learning Mandarin if it wasn't for your course. So... I think the overall yeah. just creative nature of it and the practical nature of it and the fact you're really looking at it through the eyes of someone that's learning and not just you, you're looking outside of yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's great. I, uh, I totally understand that, that, that we're trying to make it so that it's not so academic in the sense, you know, we have a few people on the course. Uh, you'll see some of their comments as you move forward. We have people on the course that are um, a little bit, um, that are sorry, my cat was about to get onto my mixer. Um, no, we right. have people on our course who are a bit like academically minded in the sense that they'll look at something and they'll go, why is it this way? And why is the sentence structure this way? And whatever. And we're always constantly saying to them, we'll answer their question, but we'll constantly say to them, but like, this isn't how you're going to learn the language though. You're not going to intellectually understand it through analysis and then become mm. fluent. You're going to, the best thing to do is just to keep inputting and keep getting new real Chinese language into your brain and going, I understand what that means. That's all you really need mm. to do. And just do mm. the, I understand what that means game, like, you know, many, many times. But yeah. after that, you're, you know, you end up just, your brain just sends you the answer. They're like, your brain is just like, okay, uh, I need to say right now uh, to the repair guy that this hinge on my door is broken. And so let me just uh, try to explain it. And like, you don't, think it through beforehand and then say it. you just go to try to say it and it appears it's just like when you're speaking English you know you you don't 
plan out what you're going to say ahead of time and then and then you know uh go okay i'm going to think it through first and then i will say it and then i'm going to think through the next thing it just happens in the same moment right and yeah. so you'll that attitude that you have will work out for you well as you move forward because there there needs to be some degree of like just acceptance of what you're seeing like oh yeah. they say it that way all right and then move on to the next sentence and then keep reading keep reading you know and uh keep listening and then you'll end up slowly and i wish it were an instant thing where you could just go ah now i know chinese but it's much more kind of slow and organic how it grows yeah. like a plant you know so yeah. it's not you don't see the impact necessarily over on a day-to-day -day basis but just like a plant that's growing if you look at it months apart you'll be like oh well obviously it's it's getting better so yeah yeah um I actually, I found, um, you know, when I was learning Malay, it was really lucky because it's such an easier language. So I was able to go through that whole period of being like, this is weird. Why is this like this? This doesn't make sense. And like my, my logic brain is just cutting in, just saying like, yeah, just like dissecting everything I'm being taught as opposed to just going, nothing's weird. Everything's just different. English isn't the center language of the world. There's all these different languages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas I think if I, if I had to go through that with Mandarin, it probably would have been a much harder language. But by yeah. the time I got to Mandarin, that part of my brain, I think I, it shut off a long time ago. And it's just, things right. are different. You, you just, yeah, it is what it is. You just mm. adapt. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so another thing we're always curious about is the uh, community aspect of the course, because we learned from a book called Remembering the Simplified Hands. That's how we learned characters. Uh, and there was a lot of problems with the book, although it was like, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Like what James Isaac and Timothy Richardson did with those books was uh, great. And it was very innovative. I would say it was more innovative than what we've done, even though I think we've improved upon what they were doing. But the thing about those books, though, is that if you didn't understand something that he said i guess you could email him or something and hope that he gets back but it's a book you know it's it's not it's not living it's what it is published it's done right and mandarin blueprint is constantly changing and growing with people's comments and our answers to it and and sort of like we get feedback from people and then we go okay let's change this part of the course or whatever so i'm curious uh what your experience has been of the community aspect of the course whether it's the comments or the podcast or the community forum that type of thing um how has that been for you it's not really something i've engaged with as much as i probably will start doing a little bit more now i really like that it's there i love listening to podcasts and i've listened to the podcast a very little bit and and sometimes <laughs> i'll go into the comments and i'll read little bits but honestly it's not something um I've engaged with highly, but in saying that I do have people around me who speak Chinese. So that's been more my go-to, you know, my work sure. colleague, she got me onto, um, she got me onto an app. I can't remember what it's called, but we can type in Chinese characters to each other. So mm -hmm. each day, if I learn a new character, I might send it to her and like explain what I've learned and just sort of see what she thinks about it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and she'll sort of correct me if I have a pronunciation issue or whatever. Um, that's great. But even though I'm not engaging, I think it's awesome that it's there. I think it would be a big mistake at not being there. And especially mm -hmm. the podcast is such a contemporary way to communicate with people. Yeah. So I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I I'd highly recommend, especially as you're ending, entering into phase three, uh, phases mm -hmm. one and two, it's probably a little bit less necessary to focus on the community aspect because with phases one and two, we were very meticulous in our original mm -hmm. uh, approach with it. In fact, we've actually made some new videos that we just published in phase two. You might want to go back and check those out. I'll make an announcement okay. and uh, you can check them out there. But um, with phase three and beyond, 
there's a little bit less of us engaging and a little bit more, well, no, we're definitely engaging. This is just a little bit less planning and more, uh, you know, seeing what people say. So like we put out all the sentences and then people would say, I don't understand this structure. And we often respond directly with either a podcast link or a link to a screen share video talking about their question and answering it. So you might want to uh -huh. take a look in the comments section because maybe you have the same question and then we've answered it and then uh -huh. you don't have to uh, you know, uh, don't have to like end up asking it again or whatever. So yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. cool. Nice. Well, um, any suggestions for how we could improve the course, something to make the user experience better or, uh, otherwise, you know, um, keep you more motivated or things like that. Um, I don't have too much to say, honestly, I think you guys have really hit, hit it on the head and it's not to say that there wouldn't be things that could develop, but for me personally, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant what you guys are doing while we were just speaking though, I did think of one, one thing, and I'm mm -hmm. not sure if you've already done this and I just haven't seen it. Um, I would love a list of like movies to watch. And, um, and if you wanted oh, to right. expand on your community, I don't know how many people are in the course around the world. Uh, but if there was anyone in Melbourne and you guys had a list of movies and they were like, Hey, let's have a movie night. We can get together and talk about the course and watch a film together. Mm. Uh, just have a little bit of input and not just the input, but obviously, um, you know, if someone came to Australia and they were like, what's an iconic Australian movie, I'd be like, you should watch this. This is a really significantly Australian movie. I would yeah. love personally to, um, to have a bit of input from hearing people speak Mandarin through film and also yeah. uh, a little bit of cultural input. I, I went to look for movies and there are, you know, movies in Mandarin, but a lot of it obviously is in, is in Cantonese because the, the movie. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, of course. The uh, movie um, studios in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we do have a, a resources article. That's like, it's the first thing on our blog. Uh, we have it okay. pinned to the top of our blog that has some resources for movies. Um, it's tricky because, you know, we don't, everybody's got different tastes in movies. So like, uh, what they might like i mean we can certainly say like this movie is popular in china but you know that that also it's funny to see things that are i mean like i'm from the states i know many of the movies that are popular in the states i'm not a big fan of although some of them i am so it's kind of you know you kind of just have to give resources for that type of thing but i certainly um think that we could get that the idea of getting together i i feel pretty confident there are enough mandarin blueprint members in melbourne to to you know, get a group together, not everywhere in the world. Like there's certain, yeah. we have people from all over the world, but they might be the only person in Iceland who's like, you know, taking yeah. it seriously or whatever. But uh, I know yeah. I, we get a lot of people saying they're from, uh, they're from Melbourne. So um, yeah, I bet you would be able to find uh, some people there. You can post about that in the community forum. I bet that some people would respond. Um, I definitely will so, do yeah. that. That'd be, that'd yeah. be, it'd be great to speak to anyone who's doing what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Totally. And maybe some people yeah. will be able to meet with you virtually. So, you know, you can do that as well, but um, yeah, totally. cool. All right, James. Well, um, my final question for you then, and then we can uh, uh, wrap up for today is just, uh, would you recommend Mandarin blueprint to somebody who's learning uh, who wants to learn Mandarin and wants to get started? Yeah, of course, I'd recommend it. To, I recommend it to friends who don't want to learn Chinese. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a total See, advocate. That's the goal. We got to get people who didn't yeah. want to learn Chinese to want to learn Chinese. Chinese and then we'll really, <laughs> that's the real success. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, excellent. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much cool. for that uh, recommendation. And um, uh, thanks for taking the time to do the interview. And um, as a, just a, a final thought for anybody who might be listening, uh, you can just check out our now 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Just go over to mandarinblueprint.com. It's pretty easy to sign up and just give it a shot. You know, we're very confident that you'll like it. So uh, check it out. And uh, thank you to James again, and we'll see you next time.
Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.